Chapter thirty four of the Pioneers by Catherine Susanna Pritchard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kirsty. Davy was on his way to Steve's when he saw that the wooden church with a zinc roof, which had just been built in Wirreford, was lighted, and that people were going into it. It was early evening, the sky clear above the sharp outlines of the building, a few stars quivering in the limpid twilight. Davy pulled up his horse to stare at the church. The place had been building a long while. This was the first time he had seen it up and finished. In the paddock beside it was his father's carry-all, and the grey horse beside it was Bessie, old Lass's daughter. A vague heart-pain caught his breath. The wind brought the strain of a plaintive hymn. They must be inside, his mother and father, he told himself. He got off his horse and led her into the deep shadow the paling fence threw. A longing to see them seized him. He stood there, trying to hear their voices. After a moment he thought he could hear his mother's voice, frail and sweet, in the singing. He remembered how she had sung to him once, how she had sung over the spinning-wheel and the quaint little song it was. The tune of it went flying through his brain with the tap-tap of the spinning-wheel. How gay and dear her voice had been! He remembered how he used to love, as a child, to sit clutching at her dress when she sang like that. And the old man, in that moment of loneliness, he forgot the hard speaking and bitterness there had been between him and his father. A wave of tenderness overwhelmed him. Pride and a longing for their love struggled in him with a physical hurt beyond endurance. He determined to stand there and wait to see them come out of church. Friday night services after the cattle sales were an institution as new as the church. They had been organised so that christenings, marriages, and some soul-saving into the bargain might be done while the hill-folk were down for the sales. McNab had done his best to move the parson, who had accepted the weary as his cure of souls, but the young man stuck like a limpet, and there was no telling the gossip said how moral and church-going he might not make Wirreford before he was done with it. Davy waited and watched. When the people came filing out of the doorway, he edged along the fence so that he could see their faces as they passed under the flare of an oil-can over the door. There were not many of them, two or three women and children, and an old man or two. They gathered and were talking about the gateway when Mary Cameron came out. Davy saw her face under the light for a moment. There was a shine of tears on her cheeks. Her figure, in the grey dress he knew so well, seemed thinner than it used to be. Her little straw bonnet was pressed down close on her head, her shawl drawn over her shoulders. She hurried from the church door without speaking to anyone. He saw her hand flutter out to the post by the door as she felt for the step. "'She's been crying and saying her prayers for me,' he told himself, with pain and self-reproach. He waited to see Donald Cameron come from the church and join her. A girl, a fair-haired girl, detached herself from the little gathering about the gate and went towards her. "'Oh, there you are, Mrs. Cameron, dear,' she said. "'I was waiting to help you put Bess in.' Davy knew her voice. It was Jessie Ross. His heart gave a throb of gratitude. The young parson came out and slammed the church door behind him. Davy's glance flew to the paddock. He could see his mother's grey-clad figure moving about among the vehicles and the horses. The old man's not with her. She's harnessing up herself, he thought. Where is he, I wonder? She wouldn't have come down alone. He saw the heavy buggy, his mother sitting erect in it, go out along the road. He followed at a little distance. 
the buggy halted before the black bull a dozen horses dogs lying limp and silent at their heels were tethered to the posts before it the bar was open and noisy with men drinking they were gathered about its narrow benches like flies from the gaping doors a garish light fell but it was out of range of the light that mary cameron had drawn up her horse she sat very still the outlines of the vehicle were ruled black against the starlight which rested wanly on her figure and on the sturdy grey horse what on earth is she waiting for davy asked himself he was going to her when the side door of the black bull the door of mcnab's parlour as he knew opened donald cameron stood in it for a moment davy saw mcnab behind him his crooked figure and twisted face with the withered fringe of hair about it cameron staggered across the stretch of gravel to the buggy in which his wife sat waiting he climbed into it will you not let me drive donald the clear sweetness of his mother's voice came to the boy's ears no donald cameron said unsteadily there's no woman living will drive me while i can lay hands on the reins the four-wheeler moved away over the long winding roads to the hills davy was stupefied so mcnab's got him he muttered glancing at the ramshackle shanty the signboard of the black bull with red eyes on its dingy white ground was just visible the glare from the bar lighted it that's why she goes to church alone the old man's drinking he thought he turned to look after the buggy it was bumping and jolting over the ruts and barking the roadside davy held his breath he saw the mare buck and then take the log culvert over the creek two or three hundred yards from mcnab's he's not fit to drive he told himself and swinging into his saddle set off down the road he'll turn the wheel on a log or drive off the road she knows that's why she wanted to drive he followed at a little distance all the way through the hills sometimes he heard his mother's voice patient and yet edged with a weariness and despair exclaiming mind there's a bad rut to the left or you're driving too near the edge of the road donald but steadily without reference to either of them the little horse kept to the track davy followed them all the way home to the very gates of the house in which he was born then he turned back into the shade of the trees again once his mother had looked round and seen the watchful horseman she had not been near enough to see his face he rode in the shadows but he had seen her face and it was a revelation to him a woman must have a good deal of courage to drive beside a drunken man in the hills at night he knew the look on her face hurt him there were death gaps at a dozen places on the road and donald cameron was as stubborn as a mule neither the mare nor his wife could have saved him if he had taken it into his head to drive in any given direction davy wondered how often his mother had driven like this before he vowed that she would never do it again if he could help it End of chapter 34